When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ho, hello, and welcome to Bar Humbug, the Christmas movie podcast that is just always skiing off mountains and waking up with a bad case of amnesia. I'm your host, Helen O'Hara, and I am delighted to be here today to talk about Falling for Christmas. That is the Lindsay Lohan starring, Janine Damien directed Christmas movie that is kind of Well, let's be honest, it's basically overboard. So uh, Lindsay Lohan plays Sierra Belmont, an heiress to a hotel empire, who's up on a romantic uh, getaway with her boyfriend, Tad Fairchild, played by George Young, up in the snowy mountains, when she gets a little bit startled by a proposal and uh, falls off the mountain and wakes up without her memory. Luckily, handsome and friendly local hotel owner Jake Russell, played by Cord Overstreet, is on hand to take her in and give her a home for the holidays. And wouldn't you know it, feelings develop between the two of them. It's it's certainly a thing that I'm going to discuss now. <laughs> and I am absolutely delighted to be joined to discuss it by Dave and Kathy from the Cine Mile, one of my favourite film podcasts. Guys, how are you doing? Good, Helen. How are you? Hi, Helen. We're good, thanks. I'm good. I'm good. I'm very excited to be here with you to talk about this. I'm thrilled because I'm such a fan of the Netflix Christmas universe and you had me... <laughs> is it a universe? It is, yeah. Are they putting a team together? And I, I came on Bad Humbug a couple of years ago to talk about the Dolly Parton one. So this feels like the kind of perfect next step and to bring my husband along to this one because it's just so romantic. You certainly did bring me along. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it feels. Dragged him kicking and screaming through the snow. Yeah. Uh, to, I to wish do I could one. fall off a mountain and have memory loss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come now. Look, I mean, what's okay, here's what's interesting to me about this film. I was sort of, I didn't really pick up on this from the trailer even though it's an amnesia thing, because amnesia is a very cliched plot device mm-hmm. and it happens in a lot of movies. But when I actually started watching it, I was like, oh, they're literally doing Overboard, but neither of these people is an asshole. <laughs> yeah, the, which and, is kind of mo- one of the most interesting dynamics of that. Right, yeah. I mean, because yeah. the thing is, in, in Overboard, both of them are just the worst people. Like she is the worst human being alive at the beginning. Um, she's this incredible, this is the 1980s movie with Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. She's an incredibly spoiled rich girl who is incredibly abusive to everyone around her until she loses her mind uh, and her memory. He is the handyman who finds her and basically takes her home to look after his kids as some free help. Mm-hmm. Um to get his own back because she stiffed him on on payment for a job. Like they're both those are both pretty unforgivable things. Mm-hmm. Um and it kind of balances each other out. In this case, they don't make the heiress particularly awful. No. No. And he doesn't really know who she is. Like so many movies now and I, and I actually don't agree with this. A lot of new Disney films and a lot of these Christmas movies, they're like deliberately not having villains or anyone who's bad in any way and it actually makes it 
because you've such a short amount of time, particularly in a Christmas film, which is generally set over four days, you've just such a short amount of time to get to know someone that we actually kind of need broad strokes where they're good or bad. So you come away from this feeling not knowing anything about Sierra or Jake whatsoever, except the fact that they've no chemistry and shouldn't have hooked up with him. Well, they're char- they, have, they have two defining uh, character arcs, right? Each of them. So Sierra wants something more. She doesn't want to inherit her father's No, to be business. the VP of atmosphere. <laughs> the VP of atmosphere. And Cathy brilliantly pointed out, if, she, if her father made her the VP of atmosphere, who did he make the president <laughs> Of atmosphere. Why did she get the second most important made up job? Um, But that's her thing is uh, she's finding her own path, whatever. And then uh, Cord Overstreet's character, Jake, is trying to just get over his wife and put an angel on a tree. That's his his character arc. And save his business. And save his business. And save his business. But but I agree with you guys. That's not that's not really enough. That's not there's no fundamental um, character change in any of these people they're all just the no, same Sierra people learns the how to fry movie. eggs yeah <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a major that's a major character moment isn't it I mean remember when you first learned to fry an egg and the whole world <laughs> changed for you uh I guess yeah, yeah it's real. it is really strange that way because if you're going to have a a, a spoiled heiress like just just logic and reality dictates that she should be spoiled rotten. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and there's a reason it's spoiled rotten. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not supposed to be fundamentally nice people. Maybe some of them are, but those are the ones who don't seem as spoiled. Yeah. I, I don't know. She didn't even like, she just had like people doing her makeup and like, you know, I always remember the original scene of Over- Overboard where... She Kurt Russell's like making her the shoe closet, Goldie Hawn, because I always on, wanted the shoe closet. On her yacht. On her yacht, yeah. And I always yeah. wanted the shoe closet. So I distinctly remember it. Um, but the only kind of say meat cute or meat bad or whatever it is here is like he's carrying a uh, hot chocolate, vaguely drops a drop on her to the point where she's actually still wearing it in the next scene and it looks fine. Yeah. And she doesn't even react that badly. That's just not enough of a setup. No, she uh, needs to be the one who said, "You're my my dad's not giving you any money. Your lodge is shit. You have no ambiance, or whatever she's VP of." But the, the film seems afraid to make yeah. anyone unlikable. Mm-hmm. I think is the problem. Whereas, like, as you guys said, it's like you start from unlikable and you get to likable. That's a more interesting journey. Whereas the only they they fun, the film funnels all of its unlikableness into. Uh, George Young's character, the boyfriend. He's fun though, but, but and he is. I, I, he is I think fun. he's got a lot of fun and has a lot of uh, fun scenes. But but they're but they're tangential. They give him the B plot. They take him out, and then later when he comes back in, there's not even any conflict with him. No conflict. It's just yes. like hey, no. hey, it's good to see you back. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so weird that the closest they get to conflict is him assuming that the engagement. That you know the proposal that had just happened before she fell off the mountain is still on, mm-hmm. and her not being quite sure that that's the case. That's not uh, you know it's not an unreasonable position of him his to take. It's <laughs> not you know he's not being wild. It's not like one of these. Um, there are cases I think in in Hollywood comedies where somebody pretends to be engaged when the deed was never actually completed. The proposal was never actually you know delivered properly, and it's yeah. not one of those. He's just like a dude. Having said that. I was very much rooting for Tad, who of course gets, but he basically gets left on the mountain when she falls off it and gets home with the help of an ice fisherman. I'll be honest, there was a moment where I was kind of like, are they going to end up together? Yes. We had that moment too. I thought they were right? going to hook up and that would have been really fun. It would have been so even, original. 
I was shipping Tad and Ralph. But they just... Half. (laughs) I was totally going for that as well. And I feel like with Ralph, or with Tad, sorry... They even said like their relationship's been secret and sh- and they want to make it public to help Lindsay's social media numbers because she doesn't have good social media numbers. So they weren't even painting him as what they should have, which is like he's using her for her fame or he's using her for influencer uh, creds. He's not at all using her. He actually was happy for their relationship to be secret. And even when he went to propose to her, he didn't even bring like what you would expect an influencer to do, which is like bring photographers, scope mm-hmm. out the location, bring a tripod to take your picture with. It was like this kind of private moment for them. No, but he, so he, he came across quite authentic. No, but he was going to take a selfie on, on the mountain. That yeah, was his like, plan. Fair enough. Yeah, but like a selfie. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've yeah. seen, you know, like there are, you're, you're absolutely right, Kathy, because there are these influencer proposal stories where they have basically gotten sponsorship for every step of the proposal. Mm-hmm. And they have like hired a particular venue and gotten a particular alcohol to celebrate with. And, you know, so if you wanted to make him awful... There are steps that you could take very easily to make him awful within the context of the world he lives in and the and the job he does, and mm-hmm. not even that much, nothing. <laughs> it's like, nothing. It, well, really, just the movie just had to uh, work backwards from her falling off a mountain. Right? <laughs> so then it's like, how do we get her to the top of a mountain? And can we, can we talk for a second though about Santa Claus's role? Oh my god, I forgot Santa was movie. on this film because I found that like. I totally forgot that. <laughs> that, that. That was just, it, it doesn't really do, it doesn't serve a purpose. Mm. It doesn't, it, if you took it out of the movie, it would work fine. I'd probably say it would actually work better because for me, I was so distracted by and disturbed by the fact <laughs> that Santa initiated this chain of events that led to these these people falling off a mountain in order to grant the wish of uh, of a little girl who wanted her father to find love. So the amount of of like I couldn't get over the fact. So, yeah, so firstly, Santa firstly has the power to manifest destiny, right? Mm-hmm. I think is what we're to believe. But here. Santa also works in a Christmas market. <laughs> yes, what's he doing? It's Selling, Christmas Eve. He sells snow globes and sleds, the two things they need. <laughs> now, I mean, look, as Kathy already knows here, in the wider Netflix shared Christmas universe, which genuinely is a thing because characters from, I think, the Christmas Prince end up appearing in the Princess Switch, which I'm sure you remember well, Dave, but, you know, that that kind of yeah. thing happens. And, and characters will watch other Netflix Christmas movies in Netflix Christmas movies, which I think, again, happens here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Santa has been a character before, and I think it was the Princess Switch movies. He was <clears throat> manipulating events. Again, there was a little oh. girl with a widowed mother uh, or widowed father, uh, and he was he was kind of helping events along. Um, so he does do a lot of hanging out in Christmas markets and sort of smiling and winking and then making things mysteriously happen. This appears to be part of his thing now. Um, I don't know how many films it has to come in for it to be canon, but like I feel like we're we're approaching that point rapidly. Can you not think of a of a better way to engineer these two to meet than like? Like a head injury, like a very serious head injury, which has caused no. But it, you know, there, no, this is a head injury. She had gauze on her forehead. Mm-hmm. She specifically lost very small amounts of memory, and then was fine within three days. Yeah, but luckily she had bother. her makeup back. They but found, like they found that. Oh my god, that was my favorite yeah. part. Right when they rescued <laughs> her, and they said she had nothing but her makeup bag. I said today. That's because Lindsay Lohan's an executive producer. She's obviously like, there's no way you're not having makeup on me. But they, in the lost and found section of the 
motel or wherever she was staying, they probably, despite having a healthy wardrobe in her size, mm. would not have had like her exact shade of foundation and bronzer. Exactly. That would have been too unrealistic. They so they like they have the makeup and then the lost and found has like loads of size 10 Christmas clothes and night dresses and everything. You're totally fine there. But it just made me laugh. Like I think partially the fact, and I love this for her by the way, that she's come back and is executive producing and has such a say because for so long her image was like owned by so many other people. Yeah. But I, I, I think you really see the influence when an actor is too much say in a movie because I'd say that takes a lot of the bite out of it as well. Like any scene where she came across very, even va- vaguely badly, I'd say her character, I'd say Lindsay was just like, nah, <laughs> forget about it. That uh, that could be a part of it. I feel like there was a little bit of that in uh, Marry Me as well, the J-Lo movie. I think there was a little bit of, I don't mm-hmm. want to look bad at any point, uh, either physically or movie. morally. Yeah, I, yeah, I absolutely loved it as well. But, you know, <laughs> I, like I will be honest, like dramatically, it maybe could have pushed a little bit harder at times. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. I also feel like, though, that the hospital is failing to do a bit of detective work because there is no, <laughs> do you know what I mean? There is no way she has like number seven and Maybelline in that makeup bag, right? That is going to be like at least like NARS, Bobby Brown level and upwards. Yeah. So they're going to be able to tell something about her socioeconomic status just from the makeup bag. hundred yeah, percent. Right. And they also don't like phone the police. Or <laughs> well, they do. The police officer is in the is in the bed, and he's basically like, "Well, I'm stumped. Oh, Why yeah. don't you go and live with this nice?" So, like, maybe like put out a local <laughs> alert to like maybe even just the local hotel resorts where a skier probably came from. And look, actually, funnily enough, her dad owns one of them, so that would have been fine too. And um, but they don't. A hilarious fun fact I read about this is that the so-called like ailing lodge that um Jake Russell owns is actually a five-star resort. Yeah, of course, it's gorgeous. Yeah. but like, what ailing resort? like decorates each single room separately to the point where you're a guest and you have your own Christmas tree in the room. Yet they seem to have no staff because the only vague kind of overboard-esque moment is when Jake's like, oh, we'll help you jog your memory if you run menial tasks for us around the motels. They're kind of claiming they've no staff and okay, Lindsay, but, no one's making the beds. But then it's like, well, who decorated all just, the trees? You just, answered, you just answered your own question, Cathy, because they're ailing because they're all their, their overheads <laughs> and budgets are going, going into a Christmas tree in each room. It's like, it's just like, it's just not feasible. It's one of those, can someone help me budget this? My family is dying kind of moments, you know, like electricity, 200 pounds, food, 200 pounds, Christmas trees, 4,000 pounds. And it's B&B, but they've only one like Bunsen burner in the middle of the restaurant where Jake cooks all the breakfast. Yeah, for everyone. Mm -hmm. But now Lindsay does that. Yeah. Yeah, that was odd. I mean, if it's meant to be like an omelette station or something, like, again, that, that says fancy hotel, not struggling in there's a lot of struggling <laughs> ins in, in Christmas movies it feels like there's there's a lot of places like this in Christmas movies that just depend on their handsome owner falling in love with some gorgeous visitor to town <laughs> in order to survive the season I'm wondering how replicable that business model is really and all of his customers seem to be local because when they hold the big like remember when event and everyone who arrives lives in the town I'm like if your customers are all people who live in this ski town that's why you're bankrupt and also, he was apparently gifted the lodge as a wedding gift from his in-laws when he married his wife. Like, giving someone a failing lodge is actually a terrible, like, curse on the marriage. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that was a very good gift. Do you think that's what killed her? <laughs> now the mom is to work there into retirement, manning all the phones, doing all the cleaning. Also, have you ever seen a mom, when Lindsay Lohan says to her, your daughter was so beautiful, the mom refuses to take the compliment for her own dead daughter. She's like, no, you're beautiful. Oh, yeah. Has to be and here's oh, the that sexy was weird. outfit I bought you to seduce my one. son-in-law. 
Yeah, the mom is the mom's coming on way too strong. <laughs> They're so desperate for Lindsay. Like again, you have to remind yourself this took place over four days. Like this poor child is an <laughs> yeah. orphan. Like do some due diligence around like what woman is coming into her life to be her mother. Yeah, uh, that's that's a fair point. That is, I mean, it would have been more interesting if we'd had Tad end up with Ralph the Ice Fisherman and Lindsay mm-hmm. Lohan end up with the mother who was madly flirting with her. Like that, <laughs> there we're on to an interesting story. You know, that's that like nothing good. we've never what seen before. What about Tad hooking up with the the random the hotel, hotel staffer at the worker. end? Like that made no sense. That that's it. It came very left field. It was very tacked on, wasn't it? I think it's one yeah. of these things where, you know, they wanted everyone to have a sort of happy ending, no pun intended. And <laughs> they they thought, well, what's a happy ending look like in this film? It's ending up with someone of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. So who have we got? I don't know. She'll do. I, like, I, I don't think any more thought went into it But than he that. ended up with the guy, though. Didn't he end up with the, yeah, the oh, guy right, who was looking sorry. after her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were literally yeah. just like, oh, here's a boyfriend for you. Cool. So and then it, he didn't mind at all that he was dumped by Lindsay. So it's like they acknowledged that Tad uh, was sort of either either gay or bi or, you know, had some sort of, some sort of sexual awakening. Um, I don't think it was even a sexual awakening. I think they were just like, what they should have done is put him with the guy, the ice fisher. Well, exactly. The ice, Get, they had a relationship. Back, bring it back to Ralph. Yeah. Bring it back to Ralph. Have oh. a mad dash to the airport <laughs> to stop Ralph from from going wherever he's going. And then, But also that would have been a character act to have Tad... Throw his phone in a in the the river and go live in exactly. the shack with, with Ralph, the shack. right? Yeah, yes. we should have written this. Back to basics, you know what I mean? Yeah. What about oh Cord Overstreet, M. Helen? How do you rate him as a Chord Overstreet? I don't know what his name is. How do you rate I, yeah, him as I'm a romantic ass- lead? I'm assuming Cord. I I don't. I don't. Mm. I don't rate him as a romantic. No, he was perfectly nice. He was perfectly mm-hmm. fine. Uh, he wasn't really someone I was terribly familiar with going into this. I wasn't a big Glee fan. I hadn't seen him in that. So I didn't come to this with any particular like, ooh, it's Cord Overstreet kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And I think like looking online, I think a lot of people actually did. And he obviously has mm-hmm. a huge fan base. So I can absolutely see why you would put him with Lindsay Lohan. They seem to have sort of a slightly overlapping era of of kind of peak teen fame, at least, and are now trying to kind of reinvent themselves as adults, famouses. I mean, he was fine, but like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't knocked off my feet by him. I have to they say, ha- How about I you had guys? presumed because I had watched more of Glee, and like he is very good in Glee. I and Lindsay has sung before, so I was like waiting the whole film genuinely for them to do a song together. I thought there'd be like mm. he'd pull out a guitar. I, I thought something was going to happen there with music, especially when they did the Mean Girls reference, which I really enjoyed earlier on with Jingle Bell Rock. Um, which Dave obviously didn't get, but I was like, "That's from Mean Girls." Um, but the I was expect I was waiting for it, and in fact, their only their kind of big moment ended up being this freaky thing where they took this doll from his <laughs> drawer, and it was like symbolic. It was like this is a giant doll that like overshadowed the whole. It was tree. a hideous doll. I know you're big and into your Christmas decorations. It was a lot sure. like, and also it's not appropriate. Like you that you, for some reason that's the last thing you and your wife are supposed to do together before she died, and you never did it. It's actually not appropriate to then do it with someone you only met three days ago. Yeah, make like a, it should make a have been tradition. It should have been something with his daughter for like, I don't know, her confirmation or something. I was just trying to think of like, what would it be that this isn't it? It actually felt kind of icky that he did it with her. Like she was, his wife so easily replaced by a woman who's got no memory and who's just like his <laughs> domestic servant. So yeah, maybe something like that the daughter had made a star in school or something, you know, and then they put that on top of the tree and they maybe make an active decision that we are okay with putting the angel out, but we're not gonna, because it's more it's about me and you now, or something, you know, there's that probably so something, nice. something yeah. there. You're right. It, the angel was a weird thing. The angel comes up a lot 
Um, <laughs> maybe I'm just saying that because I watched a really even worse Christmas movie uh, last week with Chad Michael Murray. Um, oh, wow. I, I don't know why. I was very tired. He's an My angel. told me about this, yeah. Yeah, th- that's not a spoiler because it's very obvious in the first 30 seconds he's on screen. And, but he's um, super religious online. I, I went mad on him during the pandemic, as you do. I was like, what celebrities can I Google? And I was looking up everyone from One Tree Hill and I found out that he was, like, he's deeply religious. So that make that tracks. That might make sense. Because there is a there is a whole other thing where a woman used to put an angel on top of the tree with her parents who have died. And since then, she hasn't put Christmas decorations up. And that's basically her entire character arc is to learn how <laughs> to put thing. Christmas decorations up. And I'm like, dude, I could help you with that. But whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Chad Michael Murray has to come in and basically help her find the angel to put on top of the tree. And that's her whole thing as well. And that's a symbol of healing. I Does guess. he just sit on the tree at the end of the film? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even look like him. The angel is totally different to him. Like It was actually quite a nice angel, though. So that did slightly undermine my, you know, bad Christmas decorations equals bad Christmas movie kind of theory, which mm-hmm. I have across a lot of these movies. Um, I will give credit to this one where it's due. Those were good Christmas decorations. They were acceptable. They mm-hmm. met the standard. Um, but so many of the, the very worst Christmas movies have just appalling Christmas decorations. Don't ever watch the one with Kelsey Grammer and Liz Hurley, but it, it, they're meant to be this super rich family and they have decorations that definitely came out of a pine shop bin where you bought a hundred of pines. I'm just saying. Anyway. Hello, I'm Kate Lever, host of Who's a Good Dog, the podcast for anyone who's ever loved a dog. We're one of the other podcasts in the Stripped Media family. Each episode, I ask a brilliant person to introduce me to their dog and tell me how having a dog has changed their life. Listen to Who's a Good Dog wherever you get your podcasts. I did enjoy the blatant, like, this was filmed in summer vibe of this film, because at one point we were at the scene where Jake and Sierra kind of meet in the hotel garden or whatever at the end. And he comes out and his breath is fogging in the air. And so is hers. And then they they stopped that effect then. So for the rest of the scene, they weren't even pretending to be cold. None of that was yeah, there. Yeah, it, it must have been CG, yeah, CG so mouth fog. Somebody had to add I that have in. To say, though, they forgot I, to do the They I, couldn't afford to do it for the whole scene. They had awful <laughs> chemistry, though. And when they finally kissed, it was like... I just, it, was yeah, it was like a brother and sister yeah it didn't yeah. work just, at just, all just friends like it's again I just I don't know I, I think a lot of these films fall flat on chemistry mm. um, and this one in particular they had more chemistry when they were not kissing like they they were slightly better together we were laughing at her like outfit that the mother-in-law bought her when she came down the stairs and they tried to do the like she's all that moment she was truly dressed like a grandmother like it was wild what she was wearing. She looked so old. It was just so weird that that, I mean, I guess an older lady picked it for her, but the movie was like positing that it was super sexy. Yeah, that was a weird choice. I really, I really didn't quite get that as well. Cause I got the same, uh, she's all that vibes with the sort of the red uh, spaghetti strap dress coming down the stairs, kiss me by sixpence and on the rich were playing. You know, that's <laughs> definitely the effect they were going for. Yeah. And yet, absolutely the effect that they missed. And it's not like Lindsay Lohan isn't gorgeous. Like, she's mm-hmm. gorgeous, but it just, there was none of that there. I, I I wonder if there's a kind of, like a Chad Michael Murray-ish sort of, we're trying to appeal to, you know, Christian evangelical kind of viewers in the US thing. I, I don't know, but... I don't, maybe. I don't know. I, th- I think it landed exactly as well as um, 
a girl you've just met walking down the stairs wearing a dress your mother just picked out for her. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's exactly the vibe I would expect. Yeah. yeah. And do you find that, like, after all, it's funny that we're sagging it off, but like, I, I think we forgot to say up top that, like, we had the best time watching this. Oh, movie. I, th- I thought it was great it's fun. so much I fun. really like, I, I mean, I'm enjoying nitpicking it and it's kind of stupid but like of the, as these movies go it's genuinely one of the better ones yeah it's it? it's yeah. Ent- it's entertaining mm-hmm. and i wasn't bored and, and and actually i think you know you know asking about the quality of the performances yeah i don't think they have any chemistry but i i thought everyone's doing pretty good work mm-hmm. yeah like i thought Lindsay lohan was fine i'm so but... happy to see her back i love her yeah i i, th- I think that's that is worth saying because i do feel the same way like i did have fun watching it and, and there were times when I was laughing at, definitely. Mm-hmm. But there were times where I was laughing with. Like, there are deliberate jokes that are funny in this movie. Um, a lot of them for Tad, actually. I think he gets the lion's share of the deliberately funny lines. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, it, it it does at least move along. It's pacey. It doesn't yeah. outstay its wel- welcome, thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to keep these nearer 90 minutes than two hours, or I think we would lose the will to live. But yeah. at 90 minutes, you can you can absolutely handle it. Um, I think they played into Lin- Lindsay is a very good physical actress and yeah. I enjoyed the scenes where she mm. was like trying to make the bed and like I, I feel yes, like she almost funny. relaxed like this is her first of her 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 big Netflix deal that she's after making and I think the how she was treated in like the last 15 years and she had all these issues uh, personal and professional and now she's like back in the driving seat in control it's clearly doing huge numbers for Netflix mm. so I feel like she'll like relax into herself a bit more and like it kind of like watching the old Lindsay again and I love that she's back to like having her red hair and I love the Mean Girls reference and apparently that was apparently her idea to put in the Mean oh, Girls cool. reference um, so I, I like I love this as a vehicle for her and I th- do think it's a nice safe space for her and that's probably why it's very sanitized now we did read that what's the next movie going to be called again that she's making an yes, Irish Kiss Irish Kiss which is I'll be honest mm. very worrying I think for all of us <laughs> Um, Irish Wish? I can't remember. Irish Wish, yeah. They're, they're, I mean, we, we all saw what happened the last time they tried to make a mainstream rom-com in <laughs> Ireland. Well, the last the couple of times there was... Um, Leap Year? There was Leap Year, which I'm I'm still haunted by. I'm still really, really <laughs> yeah. haunted by that one, um, where she she lands in... Her, her plane is forced to Ireland, is forced to land in Wales... So then she gets a tiny little boat which drops her in Kerry, which <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ge- you know, geographically doesn't doesn't make any 24 sense. Twenty four hour journey, yeah, very it. much so. And then, <laughs> and then she has to make her way up past the cliffs of Mower, which are just outside the pub in Dingle where she's dropped off, <laughs> and then has to um, make her way up through just just the worst collection of stereotypes I think the world has ever seen, with Ma- Matthew Good, God help him, doing a, doing an accent. I feel like Lindsay won't do an Irish accent though. Oh God! No, I'd be shocked she if she did but, that. But everyone else around her will be forced to do. They won't hire Irish people. Do you think they were brainstorming? Irish they're people like, wouldn't be involved. They're in this brainstorming. Movie. They're like, Lindsay's got red hair. We've already done a Christmas movie. <laughs> what? Okay, let's make an Irish movie. That's they're, like they're, the next logical step. They are probably trying to figure out which part of Vancouver looks most like Ireland. <laughs> it makes so much more sense, though. Like, I think, like, Nef- I mean, Netflix is the home of basically is the home of rom coms now. But like, when you think of what was that movie we watched? Um, a while back and it had like Ryan Gosling and like uh Henry no Ryan it was a big action movie that Ryan Gosling was in and he played like it was like Mission Impossible The Grey Man The Grey Man, the Grey Man. Yeah. and we had read that cost like 200 million dollars to make that's just such a stupid business model for Netflix 
get Lindsay, give her a load of money, but then shoot something in like one week over July and it will be the biggest thing on your platform. You get you know 200 I mean? Lindsay movies. Yeah, it may, it, this just makes yeah. so much more sense as a model. <laughs> and this is actually what I come to Netflix for. I don't come to Netflix for big budget action films. So I think that's, yeah. they, they're really nailed about getting her in and, and bringing her. I'm sure we'll get another Christmas movie from her next year. I, I, I think wait. this could become another uh, another sort of yes uh, regular Christmas outing. I, I will say the the premise apparently of Irish Wish is that the love of her life gets engaged to her best friend. So Maddie, Lindsay's character, I assume, puts her feelings aside to be a bridesmaid at their wedding in Ireland. But days before they're set to marry, she makes a spontaneous wish for true love. Oh. Wakes up as the bride to be. With her wish seeming to come true, she realizes that her real soulmate is someone else entirely. Oh, oh chills! Gosh. I am literally getting chills in my spine. I can't wait to see this movie so much. So Ireland has nothing to do with it. Ireland doesn't seem to have lot to do with it. No. If there's a wish involved, I am so scared. I we can't are. We wait. are. We are adjacent to leprechauns now. We are one. Uh, there no, is going to be wrong, one wrong it's foot Freaky away. Freaky Friday. They're like it, redoing Freaky Friday. It, it does with seem my best friend's right. wedding. So, so yeah. maybe, okay, maybe then what, you, what you're going to see is they go to an Irish market. It'll probably be selling sheep because that's the way <laughs> Ireland appears in Hollywood movies. And um, and then a kindly sheep seller, I, I don't know what the technical term is, uh, is actually a leprechaun in disguise yes. in the same and way that Santa works here. And he'll be very mysterious and he'll speak in, he'll speak in sort of riddles. Yeah, I can't ah, just, tr- just true love you're after. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait! Is that your audition? Because I think there's still time. There's still time. I, do you know what? I bet they're bringing it out for Valentine's Day, and just every holiday will now be a Lindsay Lohan movie, and I'm just like, desperate for it. I can't wait. <laughs> Helen, thank you so much for asking us to review this movie because we just had the best time ever watching it. It was fun. <laughs> I'm so glad we didn't watch the Chad Michael Murray one. <laughs> Be- before we move on, can, can we just a- a- acknowledge the fact that this movie ends with a big press conference, in in which mm-hmm. um, they don't address. Any of, I mean, you're a journalist, Helen, right? So the, right, the, yeah. the, the first right. question in the in the press conference isn't like, how are you? Tell us about your ordeal in which, you know, you spent uh, a week in a lodge and you had amnesia. That's the Three whole days. reason that the press conference has been. Instead, it's like, what's your plans for the future? And <laughs> it's, it's like on Christmas the last Day. question you asked yeah. the press conference. It's Christmas Day, Helen. <laughs> Christ- Would you as a journalist show up on Christmas Day to an emergency press conference of a rich hotelier's daughter? <laughs> and then ask, what are your plans for the future? <laughs> Luck, I will say, luckily, as a film journalist, there are very few press conferences scheduled for Christmas Day. Um, <laughs> thank God. But but no, I, I will be honest, like, it would have to be I think it would have to be something more in the order of, you know, World War Three, to justify holding an actual press conference physically, in person, <laughs> in a ski lodge that is probably not that easy to get to yeah, right. <laughs> on Christmas Day. Like that, that does, you know, it wasn't even virtual. It wasn't even like she was facing a bunch of TV screens. Like it was, it was fully there in person. Mm-hmm. Those people have traveled for hours <laughs> or days away from their family to get there. There's no nipping home for a turkey after that. You know, no. they're no. stuck there. Maybe they just they got, really want to hear maybe about Maybe they got put time. up in the lodge though. And maybe they got to use that pool that I was desperate to go into the kind of infinity bottomless pool we saw a thousand times, which looked awesome. Yeah. Look, they had a drone shot. They were going to use it. What, gonna, <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think they would have to put everybody up. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. we, we already know he's going to give her a job just to keep her busy. Maybe he's also just hired a bunch of actors to play journalists and, yeah, and bribe them with fancy accommodation for Christmas. Like this. So she says to Jake at the end, you know, he's like, I've got all these bookings, we're booked out. And she's like, you might need some help with that. It's like, OK, so being VP of ambiance wasn't good enough for you, but you'll just be like the general manager now of this lodge. Well, he need, <laughs> what he needs to hire is more like mobile phone 
or phone switch operators to handle all his incoming <laughs> uh, phone calls to book hotels because everyone books hotels over the phone. <laughs> that was mad. Yeah. That I mean, what what is this thing that is ringing in the corner? I don't understand. Hello, I'd like to book I've a, a hotel, please. I've actually never booked a hotel room over the phone. Like, no, because you want something in writing that shows it's confirmed. Like, yeah. You don't want to have to wait a week for that to come through. Yeah. Oh. And so we forgot questions. to mention like the very generous gift that Santa left outside for Jake, which was that brand new... Oh, the sled. Sled, yeah. yeah. for the airport chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, uh, I, I, I do have questions about airport parking for sleds, but that's probably <laughs> best left <laughs> to another day. Um, it's so many questions that this mm-hmm. has raised. And, you know, here people thought it was just a silly Lindsay Lohan film, but I think we've established <laughs> that really it's uh, it, it may hold... If we can figure all of this out, it may hold the, the answer to life, the universe and everything. It's, I think so. <laughs> I think it's so. just there's so much to unpack. <laughs> so much. Not in the least that on Christmas Day and Christmas Eve, Santa's just hanging around this hotel complex. Like, I thought he was busier than this. Yeah. Mm, he should he should have other things to do, <laughs> Santa. Get back to work, you lazy yeah, exactly. sod. Yeah, bit bit odd. Um, yeah, but we did just to be clear. I feel like we should make it clear again. We did have fun. It was yeah. entertaining. I would truly it, recommend this movie to anybody. That's how much lot, I enjoyed it. You could do it. a lot worse than this movie. Yeah, it's fine. It is fine. I, I just do wish that, as you said at the beginning, like we we do need a little bit more edge mm-hmm. to our comedies. Just just a little bit. Just somebody acting less than perfectly at some point to make the rest of us feel better in our lives, you know? That would exactly. Be and the character arc can't be that at the end you make your own bed and go down... On Christmas Day, which is really busy, and go downstairs to a hotel kitchen and commandeer a section of it to make your own breakfast. Like, that's actually not helpful for anyone. <laughs> that's actually a villainous turn. Like, the hotel staff would be really annoyed. So uh, that's just, it's so weird that they choose that to be Lindsay's thing. Oh, she cooks her own breakfast now. It's like, but she lives in hotels. That makes no sense. Yeah. And like yeah. she eats a cooked breakfast every day. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, anyway, we cannot wait for Irish Wish. I will I see you wait. hopefully for that because I think yeah. we're going to need to talk about that when it comes out. A bonus Baham book. A bonus Baham. Will you be covering it on the Cinemile? Oh, yeah. You'll yeah. have to fly over and walk home from the Netflix with us. <laughs> <laughs> walk home from the Netflix. Walk home from the Netflix. We do that often, actually. It's very awkward to manage, but we try it. <laughs> Just standing in the corner of the living room, just walking on the spot. <laughs> well, tell us about the cinema. What should uh, what should people know if they haven't listened to it before? The Fools. Oh yeah, Big what have you fools. got coming up? Um, basically, it's just a podcast where Dave and I record our walk home from the movies. Uh, so that's it in a nutshell. Uh, we go to the cinema and we record ourselves talking about the film on the way home, and. Um, we have lots of fun. We've had Helen on the podcast before. Of course, she was our favourite guest ever. Of course. And, of course. Um, naturally. Naturally. And naturally. we, yeah, we've moved to Ireland now, so we're still doing it. Um, we do occasionally do watch Netflix movies, though, and then go for a walk after watching them to record a podcast, which is ludicrous, but we do it. Um, but yeah, no, we've great fun on the podcast and we've been doing it like seven years now. So a long time. Yeah. It's a multi-award winning podcast as well. I feel like we should make that clear to people. So, you know. Thank Helen. You. Yeah. If you haven't it's checked out the cinema. better when someone else says it. Well, <laughs> But if, seriously, if you haven't checked out the cinema, you absolutely need to uh, get on it. And now, if you'll excuse me, I have to meet up some some agent called Dave Corkery to record a podcast called His Darker Materials. <laughs> Exhausting. <laughs> you two will be sick of each other. I got to dive in and out. I got to do the fun bit. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you for joining me. Everybody, hope you're out there falling for Christmas, just like Lindsay (laughs) Lohan. And uh, Merry Christmas to you both. Merry Christmas. Thanks, Ellen. Merry Christmas. 
Well, that's it for this episode of Bar Humbug. Please join us next time for more Christmas movies madness. In the meantime, I've been your host, Helen O'Hara. This podcast is edited by Ben Williams and produced by Kobe Omanaka for Stripped Media. And if you've enjoyed the pod, please do rate us with five shiny Christmas stars wherever you listen to your podcasts. But whatever you do, happy holidays! just heard a stripped media production.